This is Betty Style. Welcome to Betty Style, a deeper discussion of the design, style, inner workings and thoughts of Kristen Mayer, CEO of BettyDesigns.com. So this is Betty Designs, Betty Style, Episode 7. And today we have booted Matt off to the side and I've decided to just take over because I have a super fun guest here that I figured all of you would want to know about. So most of you must follow something that I do, and you've been on my website, and I have a couple of models. One's a brunette, one's a blonde. Well, we are sitting here today with the brunette, Steph Korgel, and I'm thrilled to have her because before, Steph, you say one word, I was always looking for models, and I had the biggest girl crush on her, like obsessed, like doing tear sheets and, oh my God, I have to get this girl in to model for me, but I can't afford her and I don't know how to call her agent. So anyway, she's been working with us for a year and I just feel super blessed. So anyway, this is Steph Korgel and um, Steph, tell us first of all how long you've been in the business. Well, hello. What an introduction. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Can I first off start by saying the girl crush works both ways? Holy smokes, if any of you have ever laid eyes on Kristen, (laughs) drooling over here. Um, Yeah, it's such an honor to be here. Um, It's been incredible working for this amazing company. Every time I come into a shoot, there's a brand new design that I am just so stoked to be wearing. Um, So thank you. You're welcome. How I got into this business. Yes. Oh, this industry. Let's talk about this industry. I am a uh, fitness model, and this was a very unexpected career, Um, one that started when I was doing an ocean lifeguard recheck when I was 20 years old, and I was spotted on the beach um, running and doing a buoy swim. You were auditioning for Baywatch. Come on, come clean. Pretty much, (laughs) more or less. (laughs) Didn't know it at the time, but... One of the women in my recheck group um, let me know that she was part of this fitness modeling agency. And at the moment, I was only interested in sports, uh, particularly basketball, and getting a college scholarship and playing time and academics. That's what I was honed into. Um, I never thought this could be a career. I never thought anything of it. I actually perceived it as kind of superficial and vain in a way. And so when she suggested that I submit myself to an agency with fitness pictures exposing my arms and abs <laughs> and doing all the, the skills that I had, um, I, I laughed. It was like a giggle fit thinking that I could ever be, you know, in a, in a Betty catalog. But I submitted and here I am now. It's pretty awesome. I mean, so you guys need to stock Steph because, <laughs> I mean, I do remember one of the things, you know, I, I think I also um, knew about you because you shot with Tim Tatter on a, on a bunch of things and you were in some Nike, lot, you've been in a lot of Nike things and I think you still continue to work with Nike, correct? This is correct, yeah. A lot of the time uh, Nike heads in the fashion realm, so they're looking for younger, more... Uh, runway model-esque kind of women, but when it comes to testing product and actually performing stunts, they definitely utilize their athletes, which I'm so grateful for. 
Yeah, it's pretty awesome. And I have seen you with a basketball. It's pretty darn impressive. <laughs> and I have to say, it's not that you're not tall, but you're not basketball tall. So I need mm. to know what position you played. I was a point guard um, at UC Santa Barbara, and I transferred to Cal State Monterey Bay for purposes of playing time and to switch over to kinesiology. So exercise and movement is my passion, and it's what I do every day, and it's what I encourage people to do. Get up and move your body in any way that feels right to you. Yeah. Um, but yeah, basketball was the way that made my body feel uh, most at home. It's what I tell my friends is the only way that I could ever dance. <laughs> and yeah, I was lucky enough to get the opportunity to play overseas for a little bit and experience the most uncomfortable but valuable two years of my life. So, Yeah, that's rad. Yeah. That's rad. And I know you've done pretty much Steph can do anything you ask her to do. She can jump. I don't know if you can do a backflip, but you can do a lot of things. You're, you're just one of those super coordinated athletic people that's also just stunningly beautiful. And I just love it. You're just, mm. you're the perfect Betty. You're badass and beautiful. There is no doubt. And this is where you come to get an ego boost. <laughs> Kristen, I love you. I think the very same things about no. you. I know you can backflip, girl. No, I wish. That's on my list. Um, <laughs> But the other facet I know, and I know there's a million in between, but you also do a lot of work with Tone It Up, which is a totally different thing. Yes. Tone It Up is this giant women's fitness and lifestyle community, and I became involved with them two years ago. Goodness, time flies. Um, but yes, Tone It Up is an amazing, expansive community uh, that includes an app where I'm a trainer on the app. I'm one of three or four women who really design workouts for them, and they're actually going live today in their summer series. So there's always something new going on with Tone It Up, and I love having the opportunity to use my major and my skill set in being a uh, strength and conditioning coach and my modeling career and join them into one and that's been a nice little cohesive thing for me to do in this chapter of my life. Yeah, I mean, it's pretty awesome. You do, you do so many different things. And when you talk about someone, I have a little, I have a little bio on my Strava feed, which is I, don't, I can't sit still. And I think you, maybe that's why <laughs> you and I bond so well, because you definitely can't sit still. And every time I'm following you, you are jetting off to Portland and coming mm. back. And every day it seems like you're on set, jumping, running, <laughs> basketballing, um, toning. Yeah, stretching. It's it's unbelievable, and um, I know that recently you. I don't know if it was your first. It was your first foray into endurance sports. But it was your first marathon. You just ran the LA marathon. Whew, boy, did I ever! <laughs> I remember talking to you about the lead in and watching you train, and I was super impressed with the way that you actually listened when you asked a question, and you were very kind of thoughtful and meticulous, and the real athlete. And you came out in the sense of you kind of knew. Like it was no joke and you kind of had to do what made sense for this particular goal. And girlfriend, you crushed it. You did like 320, is that correct? Yeah, I came in three hours, 20 minutes and 49 whopping seconds. That is rad. And how was yeah. that? Because you were um, video selfie videoing on Instagram <laughs> while running. I don't know how you do that at that pace. Yeah. Uh, well, thank you, first of all, for your incredible advice going into this race I was near clueless to any endurance kind of training. Um, I've played a lot of sports in my life. 
none of them have really utilized that oxidative state. So going into this, I was seeking any advice from any pro or near pro, avid junkie of endurance, anything. And Kristen gave me some amazing advice in terms of pace yourself, start off slow, which was crucial. Start off slow and then feel out the race, let it come to you, and then decide if you're going to push from there. And I was able to utilize that uh, tremendously until I got to some downhills and then I ended up sprinting. Whoops. Whoops. Um, (laughs) But yeah, LA Marathon... We had beautiful weather. Um, I'd been training with a couple of my girlfriends that uh, weren't the same pace as me, but it ended up being uh, to my advantage in terms of just learning how to be on my feet for that long. Um, The training was humbling, to say the least. I have never been that hungry (laughs) all day, every day in my life. Um, And... I was really pleased with the result. I think on race day, I, for some reason, was not nervous at 4.30 in the morning. A lot of my girlfriends had butterflies and X, Y, and Z, but it's such a long race. I felt like I had three-plus hours to adapt to whatever came my way, and uh, we have a saying in basketball, you train, 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 you get your reps in, and then on game day, you just roll out the ball and see what happens. And yep. So that's kind of what I adapted to this marathon. And, um, you know, you look to your left and right at the start corral, which everyone's piled on top of each other like a bunch of Mexican jumping beans. And not, I would say a good amount of people do not look athletic. And, and maybe that's something that uh, I'm going to get stabbed for, but... A lot of these people do not look like athletes, and yet they're all marathon finishers. And it's just training and patience and perseverance and and steadiness of heart. It's pretty incredible, and um, to to just be looking around and seeing people that you really admire that could be, you know, someone's grandma yeah. running the same exact race as you and having to struggle up the same hills as you. Um, But equally, I saw a lot of very athletic men drop off next to me when they hit the wall at at 16 or 20. Yep. Yeah. It's incredibly humbling in any way. And um, I think your other piece of advice was to fuel up and to practice uh, your longer runs with fuel. And that made all the difference, too. Yeah, it really does. A lot of people don't realize that. And I... I think a lot of people too, it's hard for them. They have a lot of stomach issues and I always feel bad for people like that because for me, I don't have, I I generally don't walk around with stomach issues. So I can kind of, I know what I need to eat and I know what works for me for sure, but I just, I can eat something and go run. And I know a lot of people can't do that. Mm -hmm. Did you feel like you were, you were kind of in the middle on that or were you more of someone who you thought you could just fuel and go or? Yeah, I'll, I'll get down and dirty with this. Yeah, do it. Let's do it. (laughs) So I was fueling with um, those Cliff Bar shot blocks. Yep. And from the expo, I picked out a like spicy margarita flavor, which promised to have three times the potassium. So that was one. Uh, the other was black cherry, which promised to have twice the caffeine <laughs> of the other ones. So I did a little mix and match of, of that uh 
concoction, <laughs> if you will. And I'm someone with sometimes occasional stomach things. And my training runs on on my 20-mile training run, the longest training run I did, I discovered that I had some major issues to resolve. Um, I had to stop <laughs> twice, and it wasn't number one, ladies and gentlemen. Well, um, you're not alone. There's a lot of people have yeah. the same problem. Yeah. It, it kind of feels like your stomach becomes acidic, and there's no time. You got to go. Got to go. Yep. Yeah. So during the race, during the LA Marathon, I, um, TMI, I went pee three times. One of them was in the first 30 seconds of the race because you couldn't leave the corral and still make it back into the same spot. <laughs> <laughs> so there I was, <laughs> running off the course, uh, yeah. you know, point two of a mile in. Um, I was advised to bring Pepto-Bismol tablets, of course, in my fanny pack on race day when I really needed them. I couldn't find them. I found them after the race. And, you know, Murphy's Law, that's just how it goes. But I made it through, didn't shit my pants. Good. And, that's uh, good. Very proud of you. Yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> you were sprinting in some parts. I mean, I have no doubt you were sprinting down those hills. And that's, to me, when the stomach kind of goes, whoa. Yeah, definitely. Okay, so, Steph, I've, I've seen, like, the depth of your experience in the sports modeling world. And I just got to ask, because this is always a fun question, I want to know two things. One the best shoot you've ever been on, whether it be because of the company you were keeping, like, you know, Michael Jordan, uh, and also the worst. And you don't have to name names on on either if you don't want to, but I'd love to hear about those experiences. Sure. Well, in my eight years, eight plus years of doing this, I have grown into a point of having gratitude for both the positive and very negative experiences just because you can play them against each other and you can inform the girls younger than you what they're signing up for. Um, My worst experiences in modeling are predominantly the ones where I am near hypothermia. (laughs) I get very cold very easily. Uh, The shoots when you're in and out of water and there's little consideration for the fact that you're an athlete with probably low body fat and that you might need a hot drink or a sip of tea in between (laughs) takes. Um, So gosh, to name a specific one without naming the company, I was 22 years old. I had this mentality of I will push through anything. I am resilient and I will not complain because complainers lose. And this got me running up Malibu Canyon for six hours. It was 50 degrees about, and I was in a tank top and shorts chasing a car with a rig attached to it as the (laughs) sun went down. (laughs) And I did not complain once. I... Stuck through, I wanted the client to think that I was made of titanium. And then we wrapped, I thanked Lord Jesus above, (laughs) went to my car, couldn't feel my hands or feet, and I just sat there and cried. I honestly sat and cried for a little bit. I don't blame you. Oh, cold is my nemesis too. It's awful. It's the worst. And I'm sure as endurance athletes, you know what I'm talking about. There's something about being too cold or too hungry that just shuts (laughs) you down entirely. Um, But 
the juxtaposition there, the best shoots that I've had, and I say shoots plural because there's been many unique opportunities and um, this career has allowed me to travel to places I would have not otherwise seen or visited. I had a shoot in Bermuda um, that was incredible. We circled the entire island within, I think, four hours and shot on multiple locations on the island. So that tells you just how tiny Bermuda is. Um, I've been to um, Hawaii and shot with Nike in that kind of Jurassic Park style area. Um, What else? I've worked with NBA athletes, um, just doing ball handling drills with them on set. I've shot with some pretty well-renowned photographers for Adidas and to name, gosh, I'm I'm backtracking. There's so many memories, and it's it's like my memory is is clogged with how good they are. But I would say the Betty shoots are definitely up there with the most fun um, I've ever had on set. Just because Betty is an opportunity for me to step in and and just see the wheels behind the operation, how Kristen picks her color scheme or pattern and. And what really inspires her to do so, and that's the part that's most rewarding for me as a model, to see how the whole process comes together and how I get to enhance her product by giving it my swag, giving it my most badass form. So (laughs) I love it. Well, you're sweet. Thank you. Okay, so I've done a tiny, tiny bit of sports modeling, and- I just need to know, like, you've done some big time stuff. Like, how weird is it if you walk through an airport or into a city and there's a friggin' billboard or a pop-up shop or the Nike store and wherever, and you're, like, life-size? How rad is that? It's... And you can say it's rad. It's okay. Okay. (laughs) It's rad, and there's a reason behind it. Uh, When I see a billboard or a catalog, anything of this sort, my first instinct is... Wow, what a what a collaboration. What a what a result of all these moving parts working together and I'm just one of those moving parts. I also think, oh gosh, I can't wait to send this to mom and dad because they'll really be proud. This is evidence of this strange career that I've been doing. <laughs> that's fantastic. That's actually that's a really neat answer. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Okay, so the other thing I got to ask cuz I love I love 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 following you and you're Stills are wonderful, but your stories. And I, I got asked, what is this dingus? You refer to yourself as dingus. I mean, obviously you're poking fun at yourself, I'm assuming, which is one of the other things I love about you, but please explain. So dingus.com, where do I begin? <laughs> I think the, the perception of a model, quote-unquote model, uh, in this day and age is someone who is pristine with their habits and and dots their I's and crosses their T's, eats perfectly, um, gets enough sleep at night, and is just beautiful day in and day out um, to social norms. And that is just so not me. Um, There's this silly part that I really embrace about myself, and I think it goes along with one of my favorite sayings, take life seriously, but not yourself. I think if I took myself overly seriously with my training, my nutrition, um, with how much hustle goes through each and every day, 
I would drive myself insane. So, you know, it's a little bit self-deprecating at times, but I enjoy poking fun at myself and I encourage other people to do it too. It adds this spice and this humor to life that gives you another dimension. And dingus.com, my little (laughs) section um, on my Instagram story is just letting people know that it's okay to be silly and goofy and a complete dork. Um, If that's what makes you uniquely you, then by all means. And I want people to laugh. I don't want people to look at my quote-unquote brand and think that it's all intense training because there's no complete intensity without mixing it up with the goofy side. God, I love you. I'm going to say it again. It's like, <laughs> I love it's you. The, it's the best. I mean, it's so true. Like, you just can't take yourself too seriously. And that's one of the things that Selena, you, all I'm going to say it again, you guys have to just follow her because it's it's just the best. It's just the greatest mix of all the things that are about being a great human. Okay, so given all of your modeling experience and combined with your athleticism, what advice would you have for anyone listening who's who's thought about getting into sports modeling? Maybe maybe they've dabbled and done a couple of shoots for people. Like, I don't know, a couple of a couple of key points that you would recommend. Sure. If you're interested in going into fitness modeling, uh, the first thing I recommend is reaching out to an agency that's in your city or that's generally local to where you live. Um, I think with representation comes uh, a greater value in terms of someone else being able to to represent you um, and make sure that you're being treated fairly when other companies approach you. I think it all stems back to really valuing yourself and knowing that if you're going to be pouring a lot of hours into making an aesthetically pleasing Instagram, that you should not be doing everything for free. Um, and I don't want to open a can of worms here, but there, there's a definite issue of you know companies sending product and expecting um, people to post this many times a week. It's, it's quite silly because it then becomes your job. Um, so yeah, just keeping in mind, get representation um, or have a manager if you're planning on managing yourself. Make sure things are written down in contract and uh, keep in mind that you are to be valued and this is your workspace and you're a lady boss and you need to be treated as such. That's actually really good advice. Yeah, there's a lot of people that you know, think they go and do something like you said. And I think that's that's probably the best advice you could give. Well done, Steph. Trying. <laughs> okay, so Steph, before we wrap things up, is there anything else you want to talk about? Is there anything I forgot to ask you? Yeah, Kristen, since you're such a, a wealth of knowledge and I've pulled from you many times when I'm training for a race or just living my daily hustle, what are you preparing for? What's coming up for you? And what advice would you give your younger self? Oh, my goodness. Well, so I am preparing for the Belgian waffle ride. It's my thing that I keep saying I'm not going to do anymore. Sounds tasty. It's um, a local cycling event. It's very unique. It's a mixture. It's a mixture of surfaces on a road bike. You do about, it varies, anywhere from 130 to 140 miles, punctuated with 
anywhere from 15 to 20 dirt segments and you do it on a road bike and it is a long day. It's like an, it's basically an Ironman on a bike. That's what I like to call it. Oof. And I used to race and I am still competitive with myself. So I love this because I am not great on the dirt. As I skid off to the side in some sand, I squeal <laughs> and shriek as I go through. Naturally. Um, but I laugh at myself because I kind of have no business being out there. And when you talked about that, I don't know. It's fun. It's kind of like there's all these really serious people. And I used to be really serious when I raced triathlon. But this is like, it's just fun and to see and to push myself and get out of my comfort zone. And it's a long day. You talked about that marathon. This is a long day for, for me. And I don't know what's mm. going to happen. And we have the bike mechanical factor. I mean, when you're running, you can sit your ass down on the asphalt and be done. You know, here... I'm not sure I can just park the bike in the bushes and just be done. So um, that's what I'm getting ready for. Amazing. And that's 10 days, 10 days to go. All right. I'm excited and really scared. I'm having my race nightmares, but that means I'm excited. So I love that. Right. Isn't it funny that the things that you're most afraid of, you must do. Must do. Must you do. You must do. Absolutely. Yeah. And I must get to that finish line. Must, must, must. Yes. And so in going into this race, taking it, um, taking yourself less seriously and, and knowing that you're doing it for fun. Was the younger Kristen this way too? You know, I, I probably, no, I will say, I don't know younger, like college, earlier than college. I was always a little bit serious and I still can be. Like if you don't know me and you don't really chat with me, you might think I'm serious all the time, a little like intense. And I can be intense, but I actually would like to think I'm pretty fun and I open up really quickly. And I really love to smile and laugh. And the older I get, the more I love to laugh at myself. And I think when I was younger, I definitely took myself more seriously. And I I took things in life seriously. And I was more self-conscious, which I'm trying to let go even as I age and don't necessarily like the aging process. I, my life is really fantastic. So I would have told myself to just lighten up a bit sooner and I could still be competitive. That's a different thing, but, um, don't be afraid to kind of make fun of yourself and don't be afraid if you trip and fall. And I kind of tell this to my son, it's like, you know, let people look at you. Who cares? It's, you know, you're not, if you're not hurting anyone, it's just don't, don't be so worried about everything else and how everyone's going to, going to look at you and, how you're going to be. Just kind of be yourself. And um, I don't know, people just like a real person, especially these days. And that's probably the advice I would have given. Well, that is very sound advice. Has uh, Do you think Gavin has played a huge role in, in becoming who you are now as, a, as an athlete and as a designer? Oh, gosh, the list goes on with that one. <laughs> becoming a mom is... It's beyond life changing, but really it's, it's almost anything I do, I want to do it even better because I want to be an example. Yeah. And sure. it's not, it's not in a intense way, like an angry way. It's a, it's really to show him how life can be. And, you know, we have some of those conversations already and, you know, him growing up in this age where everyone watches everything you do literally on your phone and, it's got to be intimidating for a teenager, and I don't envy his place right now. Um, but it's it's changed me in the sense of I've become more flexible. Mm-hmm. Um, I've become more emotional, which I've always been emotional, but 
I'm okay. I'm actually okay with that because that's just part of living and how things affect me. I'm not afraid to show that emotion to him or to anyone. I might even show it to a stranger. If I find a stranger on the street crying, I'll cry with them. Um, so it's just being a human and being vulnerable. And I've learned that life can change on a dime. I haven't had anything overly horrific happen to me. I mean, divorce was gnarly, but there's a lot worse things that could have happened. And yeah. Just know that every day is is a gift, and it sounds so cliche and, you know, this and that and crystals, but it's not. It really is, and usually when things get rough, it just means you're going to come out the other side and be stronger, and that's one of the things I, I talk to Gavin about a lot. Absolutely. It's almost like pain um, is the catalyst for yes. growth, and Correct. pain is the Correct. reason why we ever change. Sometimes we have to fall on our face. Yep. Whether it's physically <laughs> or emotionally or whatever, it's exactly. all the same. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful thing. It seems like we share this this commonality where it's so easy to just live your life in your masculine zone and you know be one dimensional, um, task driven. Get out of my way. I'm I'm doing this my own way, and then when you are challenged uh, to expose your feminine side and you become way more dynamic, the world changes. It does. Maybe Gavin was that for you. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And and creatively just, I don't know, I have my design challenges. Sometimes things really flow and sometimes they don't. And that's just the nature, I think, of trying to be creative. You can't really try Mm. too hard. It's like, it's, I, it's a lot like sports, actually. I took triathlon really seriously one year, and I, I raced horribly. And I think if you take yourself too seriously at any time, you're going to not do as well. I mean, you have to get into that state where you're a bit more relaxed and, and things are flowing. And, you know, sometimes I work on a design and it comes right away, and other times it's four and five times over a two-month period, and I literally have a meltdown at my desk, and I think I'm terrible and I'm never going to get it. So it's really, it's interesting. It's just like life. It's ups and downs. Um, but I love the creative process. I think in the last year, um, things for me, I have felt really creative. And I don't know how to explain that, except other than that, I've had a lot of ideas. And I just, I love my job. I'm so thankful for what I get to do every day. Yeah. And I can't believe people actually like what I'm doing. I pinch myself. It's crazy, right? To wake up and think that you're inspiring thousands of women. I don't think of it that way. Yikes. I know you don't because you're you're so brutally humble. She's painfully humble, girls. I just want to make a pretty kit. Yeah. So I have a question actually. When you are feeling creative and in your flow, uh, do you wake up in the middle of the night and have to jot something down? How does that process work? There's no middle of the night for me. I am not a night owl. I am a, and I don't, I'm, I'm definitely a morning person. Some, I mean, I don't usually wake up with like a creative thing waking me up. It's usually something that I just need to get done in general. But um, my spaces, I just love my space, my home office, and I like to go upstairs and I listen to this horrific EDM house music and I am <laughs> obsessed with it. And it's housework on Spotify and I dance to my desk and I have it on really loud and Gavin will make fun of me all the time because he just says mom you listen to the most awful music and it just gets me in my groove and I friggin love it up in my little space with my EDM going all day long (laughs) you heard it here first people (laughs) EDM equals creative flow (laughs) 
for sure. All right, Steph. Well, my gosh, we've covered so many different topics and facets, and it's been more of a pleasure than I even imagined. Um, and you, it's just, it's just been a gift to have you here and going to have you on set tomorrow. So thank you again for coming. And I can't wait to create fun stuff tomorrow with Dingus. Woo! Dingus is looking at some amazing new Betty apparel, and I can't be a spoiler here, but I'm so excited to wear it and shoot in it. And thanks for having me, Kristen. This is such an honor, and you're such a role model to me. Okay, one last thing before we part ways so these these listeners can follow you. What is your Instagram handle? Please share. You can find me at Steph Cordial, S-T-E-F-C-O-R-G-E-L, on Instagram and on the Studio Tone It Up app. Um, It's on Android and iPhone. You can come work out with me there. Sound good? Perfect.